Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. It's when you keep your imagination, your thoughts, your meditating on the Lord day and night, that's when you have perfect peace. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. TODAY I'M CONTINUING MY TEACHING THROUGH THE SERIES ENTITLED THE POWER OF IMAGINATION. I HAVE A BRAND NEW BOOK OUT ON THIS AND A CD SET AND JUST A LOT OF WAYS FOR YOU TO GET HOLD OF THIS. BUT THIS IS A POWERFUL, POWERFUL TEACHING. MATTER OF FACT, THE SUBTITLE OF THIS TEACHING IS UNLOCKING YOUR ABILITY TO RECEIVE FROM GOD. WHETHER YOU REALIZE IT OR NOT, YOUR IMAGINATION IS LIKE YOUR SKELETON. IT'S YOUR FRAME. THAT'S EXACTLY WHAT IT SAYS IN PSALMS 103:14. HE KNOWS OUR FRAME. HE REMEMBERS THAT WE ARE BUT DUST. AND THAT WORD FRAME THERE IS THE EXACT SAME WORD THAT WAS TRANSLATED IMAGINATION A NUMBER OF TIMES IN SCRIPTURE. YOUR IMAGINATION IS YOUR FRAME. THIS IS HOW YOU ARE BUILT. AND IT ALSO, THAT HEBREW WORD, Y-T-S-E-R, IT WAS LITERALLY TRANSLATED. IT LITERALLY MEANS CONCEPTION. THAT'S WHAT IT MEANS. YOUR IMAGINATION IS WHERE YOU CONCEIVE THINGS FROM GOD. IT'S WHAT HOLDS YOU UP. IT'S HOW YOU FUNCTION, NOT ONLY IN THE SPIRITUAL REALM, BUT JUST IN THE NATURAL REALM. I'VE ALREADY TAUGHT ALL OF THESE THINGS. I'M NOT GOING TO GO BACK THROUGH IT, BUT IT'S HOW YOU REMEMBER. IT'S HOW YOU SEE THINGS. IT'S HOW YOU KNOW WHERE YOUR CAR IS PARKED. WE'VE TALKED ABOUT ALL OF THOSE KIND OF THINGS. YOU USE YOUR IMAGINATION CONSTANTLY. SO YOUR IMAGINATION IS WHERE YOU CONCEIVE THINGS. YOUR IMAGINATION IS HOW YOU MEDITATE ON THE WORD. PSALMS 1-2 AND PSALMS 2-1, THE EXACT SAME HEBREW WORD WAS TRANSLATED IMAGINATION AND MEDITATION, TWO DIFFERENT WAYS, BECAUSE you're, THE WAY YOU MEDITATE IS TO USE YOUR IMAGINATION. AND WHAT I STARTED TEACHING ON YESTERDAY IS THAT YOUR IMAGINATION IS HOW YOU RECOGNIZE THAT THERE IS A SPIRITUAL WORLD. YOU HAVE TO KEEP THIS IN YOUR IMAGINATION. YOU HAVE TO CONSTANTLY BE AWARE OF A SPIRITUAL WORLD THAT EXISTS. YESTERDAY I WAS USING 2 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 4, VERSES 17 AND 18, AND SPECIFICALLY THERE IN VERSE 18, HE SAYS, WHILE WE LOOK AT THE THINGS THAT ARE NOT SEEN, FOR THE THINGS WHICH ARE SEEN ARE TEMPORAL, THAT MEANS TEMPORARY, BUT THE THINGS WHICH ARE NOT SEEN ARE ETERNAL. DID YOU KNOW THAT IF YOU AREN'T CAREFUL, YOU WILL GO TO THINKING THAT THIS PHYSICAL WORLD, WHAT YOU CAN SEE, TASTE, HEAR, SMELL, AND FEEL, IS ALL THAT THERE IS TO REALITY. BUT THOSE VERSES, THE APOSTLE PAUL, THE MAN WHO WROTE HALF OF THE BOOKS IN THE NEW TESTAMENT, SAID HE WAS LOOKING AT THINGS THAT COULD NOT BE SEEN, THAT EVERYTHING THAT CAN BE SEEN, EVERYTHING THAT CAN BE TOUCHED, EVERYTHING THAT'S TANGIBLE IS TEMPORARY. DID YOU KNOW SOMEDAY THIS EARTH IS GOING TO BE DISSOLVED IS WHAT THE WORD OF GOD TEACHES US. IT'LL MELT WITH THE FERVENT HEAT, AND GOD IS GOING TO CREATE A NEW HEAVEN AND A NEW EARTH. EVERYTHING THAT YOU CAN SEE RIGHT NOW, WHETHER IT'S THE MOUNTAINS, WHETHER IT'S A TREE, WHETHER IT'S A MAN-MADE STRUCTURE, IF YOU TAKE THE HARDEST SUBSTANCE ON EARTH, A DIAMOND, AND ALL OF THESE THINGS, SOMEDAY THOSE THINGS ARE ALL GOING TO BE GONE. ANYTHING THAT YOU CAN SEE OR TOUCH IS TEMPORARY. BUT THE THINGS THAT YOU CAN'T SEE AND TOUCH, THOSE THINGS ARE ETERNAL. THAT'S EXACTLY WHAT 2 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 4, VERSE 18 IS SAYING. THE SPIRITUAL THINGS ARE MORE IMPORTANT 
than the physical things that were created from the Spirit. Did you know that the parent force is greater than the thing that it creates? Everything physical, the sun, the moon, the stars, all of these things were created from the unseen realm. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It didn't say that things that are seen were made out of nothing. No, they, there was spiritual substance. There was God. He conceived these things. The spiritual realm existed before this physical world was created, and this physical world is going to be destroyed someday and remade. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, but the spiritual things that existed before this earth are going to exist after this earth has already been replaced with a new one. Spiritual things are more real than physical things. Man, I wished I had the ability to say this better. You know, I can see some things in my heart because the Word of God has painted a picture to me that I honestly just don't have the words to express it. But I'm trying to say that this is what your imagination is for. You don't just choose to imagine whatever you want. Now, see, that's fantasy. You can believe that there's fairies and that there's dust and that there's, you know, the magic kingdom and all of this kind of stuff, and you can get into fantasy. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you take the Word of God and you let the Word of God show you things and you grasp it and see it in your imagination, in your heart. Let me give you a scriptural example of this. 2 Kings chapter 6. This is where Elisha, the man of God, had been telling the king of Israel, the king of Syria's battle plans. And every time the king of Syria sent his armies into Israel to, uh, you know, destroy or to take captive or to conquer a city, well, Elisha was told these things from God, and he went and told the king of Israel. And so the king of Israel would set up an ambush, and every time the king of Syria came into the land, it was known, and he would be defeated. And after a few of these times, he finally said, somebody here's got to be a traitor. Somebody has to be giving away our secrets. And a little maid, one of his servant girls, said, there's none of us that are uh, disloyal to you. What it is, there's a man of God in Israel, Elisha, the man of God. And he tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. Man, that's amazing. So the king of Syria sent his armies down to where Elisha and his servant Gehazi were, and uh, they surrounded the city. And in the morning, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, got up and walked out on the walls of the city. And as he looked, here were Syrians, thousands of Syrians surrounding the city. And he knew that his master, Elisha, had been giving away the battle plans and so he knew that they were in trouble. And so look at what he said. In verse 15, it says, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? This is just the King James way of saying he panicked. What are we going to do? He went in and told Elisha, we're surrounded, horses and chariots and armies. 
And he knew that they were there because they had found out that Elisha was giving away their military secrets. And look at what Elisha said. He answered and said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, did you know if Elisha had only been aware of the physical things that he could see, taste, hear, smell, and feel, he wouldn't have responded this way. And see, this is the reason that most of us, when the doctor tells you that you've got a disease and that you're going to have to live with it or that you're going to die, it's a terminal disease, this is why most of us fall apart like a $2 suitcase is because we just don't focus on the unseen realm. We don't see that what the Word says. We don't see that on the inside of us, if you are a born-again Christian, you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You have raising from the dead power on the inside of you. Now, see, that is not a fantasy. That's a reality, but you can't see it. You can't see that power. You can't hook yourself up to some machine that will check that you have that power, but that's what the Word of God says. And there's many people that can quote those verses. There's many verses, but in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, he's praying that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. And in verse 19, he says, so that you could see the power, the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe the same power that He used when He raised Jesus Christ from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. Those verses, and there's many others, say that we have this raising from the dead power on the inside of us. But have you seen that? Now, you might be able to quote that. You might have been able to go to Ephesians chapter 1 and find those verses. But have you taken those verses and let them paint a picture so that you see yourself with raising from the dead power? Have you seen yourself raising people from the dead? See, I've used this as an example before about how I took John chapter 14, verse 12, where Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And I took those verses and meditated on them until I began to see it. I not only saw Jesus raising people from the dead, I saw me raising people from the dead. And then once I saw it on the inside, then I saw it on the outside. Did you know just uh, two days ago, three days ago, we were having our Healing is Here conference, and we had a woman that came all the way from New York with a child that was terminally ill. And I don't know all of the details, but I know that as we were on the platform, there were six of us up there doing a question and answer session. She came forward and placed the baby on the stage. And I wasn't the one that was actually laying hands on the baby, but I was in a group and I was laying hands on those who were laying hands on the baby. And some of the people that were with me, Carly Teradez, picked the baby up and said it was totally lifeless. Uh, Daniel Amstutz, who works with us, said that he had his hand on the baby's chest. There was no heartbeat. There was nothing. And the baby was dead. She just laid it on the stage. And so we all started praying. And within just a few moments, I could see that this baby was just totally limp. And then all of a sudden, I mean, his hands jerked like this. He started breathing real fast. And Daniel had his hand on the baby's heart, and the heart started beating again. And then it calmed down, and the, and the baby was fine. We saw a baby raised from the dead. 
in just the last few days. But did you know that every one of us have this raising from the dead power on the inside of us? But most people have never gone beyond just the things that they see with their eyes, that they hear with their ears, that they feel with their touch. And because they haven't seen this, well, then most people, they could even quote the scriptures and tell you what it says, but have you ever in your imagination conceived that miracle and seen this coming to pass? And I would say that the vast majority of people watching this program have not done that. So see, Elisha here, when he was confronted with thousands of uh, Syrian troops surrounding them, horses and chariots and all of these men of war. He said, fear not, those that are with us are more than those that are with them. If you were just looking at things in the natural, you would have to say he lied because you could count the troops out there by the hundreds or by the thousands, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. There was all of these enemy troops that were surrounding them. And then you look over and there's just Gehazi and Elisha. So one, two, two versus thousands. And see, this is what a lot of people do. They will sit there and say, well, you faith people, you're sitting here saying that you're healed and anybody can tell. You can go to the doctor and here's the doctor's report. It proves that you've got cancer, that you've still got this, and yet you're saying that you're healed. Well, that's a lie. You, or you're just lying. You're just faking it until you make it. You're just saying that it's so when it really isn't so. And if you will just keep saying it long enough, you think it will become so. Well, now see, that would all be true if all you believe that exists is this physical, tangible world. But there is a spirit world, and there's a spirit on the inside of you. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body, but the spirit is the real life-giving part of you. It says in James chapter 2 and verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Your spirit is the real life-giving part, and it just gets around in this physical body, but your spirit is the real you. Spiritual things are more important than physical things. But what I'm saying right here is just absolutely foreign to the majority of Christians. They are completely dominated and controlled by just what they can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. So for people who are like that, that's what the Bible calls carnal. Carnal, to most people, is a word that means sinful, ungodly, or something like that. Well, carnality includes all sin and all ungodliness. But did you know that a lot of things that aren't sin are carnal? The word carnal literally is just is describing the five senses. Things that are, um, if you are carnally minded, you are controlled and dominated and limited by your five senses. And Elisha, if he would have been carnal, if he would have only been operating in the natural, then what he said about there's more with us than there are with them, that would have been a lie. And this is what a lot of people think because they are carnal and they're trying to judge me and what I'm believing by their carnality instead of understanding that there's a spiritual world and that I can speak things that are true in the spiritual world that haven't yet manifested in the physical world. See, this is what Elisha did. Right after he said this, I'm sure that Gehazi, his servant, 
thought, man, you have lost it. You are now crazy. There's thousands of them, and there's two of us, and you're saying there's more with us than there are with them. Look what Elisha did in verse 17. It says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Now, I can guarantee you, he wasn't talking about his physical eyes. His physical eyes were open. That's the reason he saw the Syrians, the horses and the chariots of fire. His physical eyes were probably wide open, as big as saucers looking at this and fearful. He wasn't talking about his physical eyes. He was talking about open up the eyes of his heart. Let him see with his heart, which is what an imagination is, your ability to see something that you can't see with your eyes. He asked the Lord to open up the eyes of his heart that he may see. And look at the rest of this verse. It says, The Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So you see what Elisha said, there's more with us than with them. That was true. If you take into account all the realm of reality, that the spiritual world does exist, and in the spiritual world, there was horses and chariots of fire completely surrounding them. Elisha wasn't lying. He wasn't saying something that wasn't true, hoping it would become true. No, he was speaking the truth, the greater spiritual truth. And spiritual truth will always trump physical truth if you believe it. Now, there is a spiritual world out there, and there's a spiritual world on the inside. Inside of every born-again believer, you have already been healed. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you were healed. It's already done. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's not out there in heaven someplace. It's on the inside of you. That is truth. That is reality. It's not physical reality. It's a spiritual reality, but it's real. But did you know that your faith is like a bridge between the spiritual reality and the physical reality? You can't just... Just because it's true in the spirit doesn't mean it's going to change your physical body. If you are truly born again in your spirit, you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's in your spirit. It is just inches, centimeters away from whatever that tumor is, that cancer. But it won't affect that cancer. It won't affect the physical realm unless you provide faith. As it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance means tangibility. You can touch it. You can feel it. This table has substance. Faith provides substance. Faith brings things out of the spiritual realm and into the physical realm. It's like a bridge between the two. There is no direct connection that which is spiritual is spiritual. That which is carnal is carnal. Jesus said that in John chapter 3. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. There is no direct connection. Your faith is like a conduit, a tube, or a bridge between the spiritual world and the physical world. And so in the spirit, you do have everything that you need from God, but you have to believe it. And how do you believe it? Well, you look at things just like Elisha. He, it didn't say that Elisha saw the horses and chariots of fire. 
He didn't have to sin. He didn't pray that his eyes would be opened. He prayed that his servants' eyes would be opened. If you go back to 2 Kings chapter 2, Elisha had already seen the horses and the chariots of God, the angels of God. When his master, Elijah, was caught up into heaven, they were, they were uh, parted by this chariot of fire and horses that came down and parted the two. And then Elijah was taken up into heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw that. He saw it, and he knew that it existed. And there is no indication here that he saw it in this case, but he didn't have to. He had already seen it. Well, we have the Word of God that now paints us a picture, and what we've got to do is get to where we take this Word and we see ourselves that we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and I can lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I will see the dead raised. All of this is involving your imagination. Your imagination is where you make these things come alive. I tell you, the things that I'm saying here are so important. You know what basically happened right here is the opposite of what happened in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, that's where it records the fall of Adam and Eve, where they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it said their eyes were open, and they knew they were naked. They had been walking by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. I dealt with those verses on yesterday's program. And I believe that Adam and Eve not only had five senses, they had a sixth sense, faith, which enabled them to see with their heart. And they were walking by faith so much that they hadn't even focused on the fact that they were naked. And I've heard some people say, well, they were clothed with the glory of God and the righteousness of God, and people spiritualize that, and there's points to be made from that. I'm not saying that that is not, uh, that that's totally invalid, but it says in Genesis chapter 2, I believe it's around verse 25, that they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. They did not have some robe of righteousness or glory over them. They were totally naked, and yet they hadn't realized they were naked until they ate of the fruit, and then it says their eyes were opened. That's not talking about their physical eyes. Their physical eyes had been opened. That's how they were able to see. But they had been walking by faith. They were using their faith and their imagination and they were seeing things with their heart that they couldn't see with their eyes. And that was dominant to them. But when they sinned, their spiritual eyesight became dim and their physical eyes began to dominate. Here in 2 Kings chapter 6, it was the exact opposite of this. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, had been dominated by his physical sight, but all of a sudden his spiritual eyes were open. Man, I've got more to share about this, but I'll continue on this next week. I'm out of time today, but I've got this brand new book entitled The Power of Imagination. I tell you, this would change your life. I've also got CDs and DVDs that were taken from meetings and from our television program. If you'll listen, our announcer will give you all the information, and please call or write today. Learn how to put your imagination to work for you when you get Andrew's brand new book titled The Power of Imagination. 
This book is available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This new series on the power of imagination is also available as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. I'd really like to encourage you to get these products. This is my brand new book on the power of imagination. And I tell you, I've mentioned this in a number of different teachings, but this is the first time I've just taught specifically on imagination. This is a deal changer. It's a game changer. And it would really bless you. We also have DVDs. This was taken from a live session. And then I have DVDs that were taken from our television program. And then we have CDs that were taken from one of my meetings. So we've got a number of different ways of you taking advantage of this, but I promise you this teaching is something that not very many, I've never heard anybody else teach on this, and I believe it would really change your life. It has totally revolutionized my, my life, so please listen to our announcer and call and receive these materials. These valuable resources are also available in the Power of Imagination package. This package includes Andrew's brand new book, as well as your choice of the CD or the As Seen on TV DVD album. The Power of Imagination package has a catalog value of $50, but you can get it today for a gift of only $35. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. For those of you who would like to be partners with us, we've got a lot of things going on. And the thing that right now that the Lord has really laid on my heart is to get our parking garage paid off as quickly as possible. We actually have a $23 million loan on that 1,022 space parking garage. It's five stories tall, and I tell you, it is such a blessing. We are using it. It's a godsend, but we need to get it paid off. And the Lord laid on my heart to just ask for 23,000 people to give $1,000. And I know that that's a lot of money for some people, for other people. It's not a problem, but you know, if you gave $100 a month for 10 months, it would only take 10 months for us to come up with that. And if we get this paid off within just the next few months, I'll save nearly $7 million in interest. And if the Lord has led you to join with us, we have what we call a 1K club, and you can contact us. We have the number on your screen. Let somebody know about it because we need to designate this money towards that. But we believe that we're getting our parking garage paid off quickly 
and thank you for being a part of this. Join with Andrew and become part of the 1K Club today by going to awmi.net or calling our helpline at 719-635-1111. I'd like to invite you to come to our Women's Arise Conference. It's November the 7th through the 9th. I'm not going to be there, but some of my best friends, Carly Terradez, Pastor Sue Sheriff, Pastor Sheris Johnson, and Dorothy Brown. That's James Brown's wife. I tell you, she's become a great friend. These are some powerful women. You'll be blessed. It's going to be a great conference November 7th through the 9th. Women arise in Woodland Park, Colorado at our Caris facilities.